0: Welcome to Kosher Culture Podcast, the most hardcore Jewish podcast you've ever heard. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the Kosher Culture Podcast. The idea that the culture of humanity is a culture that can be kosher and connected with God, one culture and connected with God for everybody and um, I have with me today two guests, my personal rabbi, Rabbi Michael Gutmacher, and um, a special guest, Steve Eisenhower, who runs a show called The Exodus Project, where he um, interviews folks like himself who are Noahide. Um, and so I guess maybe I'll just start with Steve, for those who don't know, what is a Noahide and what does it have to do? With Jews, what does it have to do with non Jews? Why don't you just give a quick background? On what, you know, what's your background and what does it be- mean that you're a Noahide today?
1: Yeah, sure, of course. Um, so, Dovi, thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Uh, Rabbi Gutmacher, very nice to meet you. Um, mm-hmm, but yeah, myself, a little background on myself. As he said, my name is Steve Eisenhower. I am what's called a Noahide. Um, and to keep it very, very simple, that is pretty much a non Jew who isn't part of the Jewish nation, but basically reveres Judaism as his faith. I was once a Christian. I was a Christian minister, actually. Uh, I did that for quite a while. And the longer I studied the New Testament next to what the Christians would call the Old Testament, or the Tanakh, if if you um are familiar with Jewish lingo, right? Um, I started to see some pretty big inconsistencies, and I would ask... You know those superior over me at my church or what have you, and I really wasn't getting any answers. So the longer I dug, the more I, the more I searched. I actually stumbled across to talk Rabbi Tovia Singer, Rabbi Michael Skoback, and started asking them some questions. And finally, I started getting answers. Um. So like I said, the more I studied, the the farther away I got from it. Until ultimately, I rejected Christianity altogether, and. I probably took about two years of just, you know, allowing my mind to be washed by the Torah. I just ate up all the Torah teachings I could. Until now, I could say I am what you would call a Noahide. Uh, I I follow what are called the seven laws of Noah, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get more into this as we go on. But to keep it very simple, a Noahide is simply just a non-Jew who has clung on to the Jewish people, learns from them. And adheres to the Torah, realizes that you know there's there's more out there than you know. Feeling another point I'd like to like to say is you know in Christianity you're very much spiritually oppressed, um, you know very very full of shame and made to feel like there's no way you can save yourself. You know you're you're very much Reliant upon the J guy to do everything for you, and now, yeah, you can you can have a relationship with God. But when when I really started learning from the rabbis and reading the Torah a bit more, learning some Hebrew, I came to the realization that that's not the case. You know, Hashem is accessible for everyone in this on this planet, and it's a it's a really beautiful thing. And you know, we don't need to feel ashamed. It's it's about what we do in our lives and the decisions we make, and you know, the the willful taking upon ourselves the yoke of the respective commandments, whether it be for non-Jew or Jew, and, you know, just obeying the laws that God has set for us. And honestly, I, I've never felt more liberated as a person. And it's beautiful. You know, it really is.
0: Thank you for sharing. It's an it's inspiring and, I think, unlikely story, one that people... Don't really hear much because i would say even in the jewish world not much is known about the noahide community mm-hmm. and i'm uh, wondering if rabbi if you could just comment on what is like do we need non-jews to be noahides can we do this all ourselves as jews are like you know even in there's definitely certain circles within Jew, you know, the Jewish, definitely within the Orthodox Jewish world, a misunderstanding of just chosen people means we're superior to everyone else. The idea of our chosenness me, means our aboveness. So I guess my question is: is that what chosen means? Do we can we do this all ourselves? Is there any point? of having dialogue like we're having today between a Jew and a Noahide. And if there is a point of us coming together in dialogue, what can we accomplish together,
2: Rabbi? All right, there were quite a lot of questions, loaded questions, each one, I'll try to put it together. Um, but you addressed something that is very dear to my heart. And I think uh, that creates a big gap between Jews and non-Jews, unfortunately. Um, and and the, mis- the mistaken understanding of the chosen people. Okay. Chosen doesn't mean you're better, But right? There are a lot of people, people who are chosen to be president and they're not better than <laughs> a lot of other people. Okay, um, chosen means that there they was actually a choice. Um, and in our case, it's, we were only chosen because we accepted, we also chose that responsibility. As opposed to, oh, no, I'm going to choose this guy, and it's against your will. No, we could have refused, like the majority of you know, the leaders of the nation at the time when God gave the Torah, he proposed all to all the nations, at least to the leaders, uh, the spiritual leaders of the time. It doesn't necessarily mean the, the people themselves. So we were chosen because we, and we're starting with Avram, we chose the responsibility To be a light into the nation, and to repair um, whatever mistake was done at the beginning, or whatever choice was made at the beginning between uh, with uh, Adam and Eve, and um, and the idea is to be a guide for the people of the world to connect to God and to fix the relationship that was broken at some point. So, I don't look at myself as better than any non-Jew. They, I know there are non-Jews who are much better than me, In uh, much more, right? The the only difference is, like uh, Spider-Man says, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Or Batman, I don't know. <laughs> but the right. idea is, right, oh, Spider-Man, okay, so maybe it's Jewish, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is is that when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people or gave the choice to the Jewish people, is was in order that I'm going to give you something specific for you to fulfill a mission. And yes, this mission is going to empower you in certain domain to be greater in terms of, uh, the impact you're going to have on the, in the world. Right. But it doesn't, but if you mess up, you know, the consequences are going to be much worse, which is why the Jewish people have always suffered so much because of the consequence of our action. And what did we suffer, uh, about we suffer from the fact that we were not a light um, at a lot of moments and because we were not doing our mission which is to inspire the rest of the world through role modeling through teaching through uh, uh, you know inspiring the world to connect to God we we were we, we suffered the consequences of our um, of not taking the responsibility that we had chosen originally so uh, the first thing is to understand that in the eyes of a, a Jew, should not feel that he's superior to anyone. It says in, in the eyes of God, we are equal, and, and this is very true. God loves everyone because we have to define. Okay, what kind of God are we talking about? Hmm. If, if is God really eternal love? Is God really perfect? Then if He's more perfect than us, right? Obviously, He's going to love all His creation. He created the mosquito, the the spider. uh, I want to say this animal is superior than others. Well, yeah, in the jungle, the lion is superior to others because, you know, it's the king of the jungle. But if you put the lion in the sea, he's definitely not superior, right? So everyone has its own quality, its own function. We all have our mission. And it is the mission of the Jews to start loving humanity, right? Despite all the the atrocities of problem that has happened because of certain evil leaders individual right which anyway was directed by god but despite all the tragedy and the trauma that happened we need to learn to heal from that trauma and to understand that we have to love each other and we have to work together and we have to inspire the non-jewish world to connect to god in the way that the torah intended at first right and that that's that's really the the goal of the Jew and why he's here. And if a Jew imagine a life without the non-Jews, then he, he misunderstands the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the whole thing. So the goal, based on the on the Torah, is that uh, we we should create a humanity that is, lives in harmony. Jews and not or Noah, Haiz, Noah Haiz being the the non-Jewish mission, which is to be partners with with uh the Jewish people to build a world that where God can uh interact with mm-hmm. um and 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 like you were saying before people don't know so much about Noachide. It really started with Vandil Jones the the kind of founder uh yeah. of, of of uh I mean beside Noah right <laughs> but the founder <laughs> of, of of the of, of the movement which started about uh, I don't know like Uh, 40 years ago, maybe a bit less, but people in Judaism and in the world have no idea of the revolution that's happening today. There are thousands and tens of thousands of Noahites across the world, millions of people, thanks to the internet, who are learning about Judaism and want to know about Judaism. Mm -hmm. And the Jewish world and the non-Jewish world both don't know that this is happening now. But we are coming close to the end of time as we know it right to 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 go to the next phase of humanity and and we people need to know that the world yeah. is changing and that the, the relationship should be changing so i don't know if i addressed everything but i i think it's uh if yeah. i
1: may is it, um you sure. had mentioned you had mentioned the trauma you know we need the jews need to forgive the non jews for the trauma but it, but it was orchestrated by hashem right um one of the major, you know, when I first, first started hearing Jewish teachings and you see Isaiah 52, 53, every Christian knows Isaiah 53, at least nine verses of it, right? Right. When I first heard that it's about Israel, the righteous remnant, I was like, wow, you know? And do you know what really convinced me? You know, I could hear a rabbi talk about it over and over and over, but what really convinced me was when I really started studying history mm-hmm. and... I started reading about the Holocaust and I started reading about the Spanish Inquisition. And um then I started reading about the formation of modern Israel. And there was this push to be what they would call like the, the new Jew, right? The tough Jew. Um And the reason why was because they, they were like, I'm trying to think of what is it? ben He was, he was trying to get away from the idea that Jews were led like sheep to the slaughter. And when he said that, or when I read that, I was like, wow, that's Isaiah 53. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I started reading history and reading what listening to Holocaust survivors and what they went through. And I didn't, yeah, I don't really want to, but we just had Yom HaShoah. And I don't want to like get too morbid or anything, but um reading the reading Jewish history, even modern Jewish history, if that doesn't convince you that the Tanakh is true and that your idea of Christianity and J-Man's vicarious atonement and all that, it's just so blatantly apparent. And that convinced me beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like, just the Jewish people even being here is a miracle so, in and of itself.
0: So Isaiah 53, for those who don't know, is a one of the most quoted sections of the Old Old Testament um, that, that Christians, correct me if I'm wrong, Christians use to reference... Um, like you say the J-man being uh, that who is referenced as kind of a sacrificial lamb of yeah. sorts is that is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right and so so what you're saying is the idea of what well, you had the the you had the aha moment of seeing understanding the Jewish people are this actually the sacrificial lamb
1: uh, okay. well, Not even so much as that it was more so you know I started learning Hebrew also prepositions prepositions are weird you know I took language in college prepositions are weird and when I really started understanding like it's not necessary I mean you could interpret it as you know they they carried the carried the transgressions but when I started reading it as you know you had you were wounded because of non-jews transgressions you had to endure the beatings you know that that type of thing um when I read it that way more so than, you know this vicarious idea and i started reading it as more of what what the jewish people had to endure at the at the you know at the hands of the the non-jews or at the hands of the nations that was that was the click moment like no no one can say that the jewish people haven't been persecuted for their whole existence you know so it's 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 um yeah that was yeah. that was one of my biggest aha moments as you put it
0: yeah. If I could maybe ask, you mentioned how the Jews are here to kind of interpret the Torah, which is the blueprint from God, and kind of hold it as the torch um, to kind of guide mankind out of the darkness. Um, so I guess, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's funny, um, Steve, if I go on Wikipedia... There, there's, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's a Canadian professor who sounds like he's got a pretty Jewish name, but he says, he's denounced the Noahide movement saying that if Jews are telling Gentiles what to do, it's a form of imperialism. I, now, I've,
1: I've read now, that article before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. so, so my question for you is, well, let me ask you, I mean, it, is there any feeling, <clears throat> excuse me, of being second-rate no. Of being like imperialized. I Meaning like not. like like the fact that you're here being led by someone I mean it's not, as Rabbi said, it's not a matter of being hired on the top It's being in different places with different roles.
1: No, I, um, I think I think here's the deal is what really defines a Noahide is the willingness to be taught. And um for example, if if you look into Not nah, you see that surely we've inherited lies and vanity. That's talking about the nations, that what we, you know, we have Christians and whatever else religions are nowadays, and a lot of them interpret the Torah for themselves, and you can see where that's ended up. (laughs) Um, So I really think the willingness to be led and to see that light defines us, and then you, and then you have the, and then you have the fortitude to say, you know what, what I've been taught are lies and vanity, let's go to the source. There's no second rate about it. Do you do you does a child in third grade feel second rate for learning from a teacher, you know, and that's that's really just the way we non Jews have to approach it. Don't you know, put the pride down a little bit, you know, and that's that's the way I feel about these things.
2: It, yes, so, that's a very good point. Uh, if if I can add some, something to that, is I think it's very important to look at it as uh, like you you said, uh, teach a student and. Also relationship, uh, there are different ways how I look at the relationship between Jews and non-Jews. But let's remember from the beginning, where do Jews and non-Jews come from? From the same Adam. Right. From, right. From, Adam, says it says in, in Kabbalah and many other places, contained the souls of all humanity. Adam was mm-hmm. not Jewish, right? It, or he was not non-Jewish. He was, he was humanity. And yeah. and therefore all of us are part of that Adam. We are all related. I remember w- watching a, a TED talk that was, you know, proving scientifically how we all came from one single individual. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and the idea is that if we're from the same DNA, so to speak, we're all family. And I think that that's that's where I mean, you know, uh, what is the racism? because they don't look at black people as their brothers like you know we all come from the same and taking the example of of one family always the idea always came to me it's it's very much and we're called like that as benim Bechori israel that god saying the jews are my firstborn so in the family when you're the firstborn so obviously he's going to have certain privileges because He's in that position, but he has more responsibility to take care of the younger ones and all that. So if we are a family and I'm, I'm just the older brother, then that doesn't make me terrorize my little brother. I mean, obviously (laughs) some can do that, (laughs) but, but a good older brother wants to take care, wants to influence in a good way, wants to teach the younger brother and what mistake to do or not to do. And, but it's a brotherhood, it's family. So people, people, need to understand that we are all uh, family as humanity and we need to learn to love each other again. Uh, and that, that's, that's really the biggest uh, missing thing, right? I mean, in Judaism, we, we um, say what's the main, the main biggest rule of the Torah? Mm-hmm. To love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. is the great rule of the Torah. It doesn't say to love another Jew. I know some interpret it like that, but it, it doesn't say "achecha." You love your brother, Jew, like yourself, your your uh, your neighbor, your the other, and therefore we. That's what all of Judaism is based on. There will be no heaven for the Jews if they hate the non-Jews. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, as simple as that. We will have failed our mission, and therefore we need to go back to a new understanding of not a new understanding. It was always there, but an applied understanding that judaism it's just a way how to live in harmony in a peaceful world with love and a connection with god that that's it
0: right
2: steve if i can
0: ask so with you living a uh, uh you could say when you li- living as a noahide um and seeing the jewish people as a compass um do you like who? Who are your like? Where does that? How does that manifest practically? Like who? Who are your spiritual leaders? Are are there other Noahs? Is it rap? Is it actual Jews? Like what, what? What? How does that? How does that actually work?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, if I could piggyback off what the rab, rabbi said about you know the Jews being the firstborn. Um, one thing that really stuck with me is you know in the Torah we see that the, the Jews are called the Mamleches Koyhanim, right? Uh, royal priesthood, and. That really stuck with me because if they're the priests, then who are the parishioners? Mm-hmm. You know? So, and that comes back to that second rate idea that you had mentioned before. So, of course not. They're, they're simply just the priests to my to my uh, pew warmer. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? No, but yeah, of course, one one beautiful thing about the internet is you, you really have the ability to be connected with so many people, and I I have friends who are Orthodox Jews, we learn together. I have rabbis I can go to. I've I've never once had an issue, simply just one of the people I would call my rabbi and with a question or or something like that. Or being included, you know, and I've even been put on synagogue email lists if I ever want to be included in events or or I get a I get an email of a Devar Torah every every single week. You know, so, but the internet has really, it, it's created this kosher culture, as as you're saying, um, you can learn from basically any yeshiva you want, <laughs> which is, which blows my mind is you can just type in such and such yeshiva lectures and you're getting incredible practical stuff and nothing too deep. I don't want to overstep any bounds and be, you know, thinking I'm obligated to learn or, st- or do things that aren't for me. You know, I, I, I'm not I'm not like that. But there there is a brilliant resource called the Noahide World Center. Um and they have almost endless content that's geared just for Torah application in the life of a Noahide. And to me that's incredible. You know, they I if Is there, is there can, any
0: form, is like is there any formalized connection between Torah Judaism and Like, like, what, what is the, what is the actual flow of connection of teaching between the Noahide World Center and Torah Judaism? Is there like some sort of council or some sort of like actual Masora? Do you understand the question?
1: Oh, it's it's completely Orthodox. Yeah, Um, it is. I would have to. I believe the the administrator or the the organizer whatever the technical term is his name is rabbi chaim goldberg i believe but yeah it's all i mean there's even talmud kabbalah stuff stuff that i've never looked into that's that's being taught in a way that it, it can explain how simply just the laws of noah are applicable in their fullest capacity um one rabbi uh, he's the, he's the uh the founder of a founder of a organization called yiboneh his name is Rabbi Aaron David Poston, and he does a series called Beyond the Seven, and he basically breaks the seven into categories and goes into exactly how each of the seven laws breaks into everything applicably, and um, here I'm sitting at my desk. Another brilliant resource, actually, would be the Divine Code. I don't know if you guys have heard about that before. Um I haven't. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant resource and my my friend from lakewood actually teaches a course on that book on my channel so it's a uh, yeah it's it's completely within mesura completely
2: i think i think i think we should mention because we have to give, give credit to the lubavitch movement the chabad movement who were the first one to be proactive in mm-hmm. in in doing what the rambam Says in, in his work, Mishneh Torah, in uh, Hilchos Melachim, uh, the, the laws of of kings, where he speaks how a god told Moshe that he had the responsibility to teach the seven Noahide laws to all the nations. This, this it, it, it is a halacha, right? So the Lubavitch were very dedicated. The Lubavitcher Rebbe made it his mission that this should be uh, taught, and that's what they they make cars and books and he put the Noahide movement back
0: on the map. You're saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was never on the map really. Uh, you know, that's as sure, I mean, except it. in the times of King Solomon, when non Jews came from all over the world to visit the temple, right? And non Jews were at that time connected to Judaism, and that was King Solomon's goal to unite all the nations to Israel. But the the, the world had, was not ready. The temple, a, there was a special place.
0: The courtyard for the nations, right? Yep. For all the nations to come, right? Literally, the Jewish temple to serve Hashem.
1: Yeah. So, yes.
0: and we have like one minute left. So, I wanted to ask, maybe Rabbi, if you could give maybe a very quick thirty-second answer: What should a Jew and a non-Jew who are listening to this, who maybe had no idea of these ideas beforehand, what should a Jew think about? What should a non-Jew think about right now? If, if you can give that in thirty.
2: It's forty-five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a Jew needs to reconsider and and learn really what his mission is as a Jew, which is to be a light into the nation and to to understand that there's that famous pasuk that we say every morning in some of the sidurim. That the third betamikdash is going to be my the house of prayer for all the nations, right? So we have to understand that we need to learn to do it in a smart way to include the non jewish nation um uh, into our um, mission and understand that that that's our that's our work and um and and to be accessible and friendly and not always scared and closed off obviously they are negative influence but that's in anything sometimes so so non jews ideally should understand that in the essence of what Judaism is, the Jews are not against them or trying to fight them or trying to control them. Um, They should realize that um, really the only goal and mission of the Jew is to, um, to, to to inspire them and guide them to learn more about who God is, how to connect spiritually to God, and uh, they should go out of their way to, you know, reach out to, at least to the rabbis who are accessible and, you know, willing to do that, and to learn about what the Torah teaches and um, and to learn from the Noachide movement, because it's going to feel much more safe and natural to do it that way with Noachides. We have Noachides for many, many, many years now, The people were very knowledgeable, and we have Steve, thank God, who does the Amazing job! And uh, ask, learn about it. Um, don't don't stay ignorant. There's in Judaism, you know, we say there's nothing worse than to be ignorant, right? Ignorance is is not bliss. No. It's it's a, <laughs> it's not it's Ignorant is it, really the worst state to be in. And uh, you'll see that all what Judaism and has to offer is only positive outlook of life and love and unity and peace and um, together we can make a better world
0: amazing and so maybe just in, in my words just to kind of recap here I think it's interesting to contemplate that the most inclusive path towards world peace among the those paths embraced by major religions seems to be the Jewish one. Whereas in Christianity, at the end of days, everybody is Christian or dead, or at the end of days in Islam, everyone is Muslim or dead. Um, Judaism says, not only do you not have to be Jewish, you can be exactly as you are and have a connection with Hashem, have a place within Israel to come to worship Hashem in the third temple mm-hmm. as a non-Jew. And it, it it sounds like maybe the big learning here is we all need to really kind of come with a big reset button in how we view, oh, yeah. uh, you just, even how Jews view Judaism, how non-Jews view religion, and how non-Jews view Judaism, and and, and just how, At the end of the day, I think what we're all trying to do here is a teshuva, a return to self, and ultimately the, um, and that's, I mean, that's ultimately what brings someone to their self-worth is to be their true self, and uh, to go back to the idea of a teshuva, a return, just going back to the source, being the Torah, being the original transmission of instructions, of God's words himself of during a time of master revelation of the Torah. A return to the Torah, a return to the original word of God, not yeah. the word of God translated into a different language and then interpreted. But I'm saying not the Old Testament. We're talking about return <laughs> to the Torah, what, yeah. the, what the Torah wants of a Jew, not what the Old Testament wants of a Jew, what the Torah wants of a non-Jew, one society coming together to embrace each other, embracing god and as one nation as as one people one humanity and ultimately all being able to embrace a higher level of god's consciousness and connectedness with the source of existence with the source of ourselves and with all each other in this world